go, if you, uh, one or two faces here that look a little bit new to me, but this is my third live Sunday here, so I'm still new as well. So I was on the screen for a while, so you, you know, some of you are more used to me than I am to you. Uh, oh, great. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to turn this mic on, because what I'm going to do right now is ask if anyone wants to come on up here and just share a, a short testimony, you know, like a minute, you know, something current that's just happening between you and God. So if that's you, just come on up and uh, join me. And Sarah, can you turn that mic on? Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. Anyone have a have a short testimony for? Come on, come, keep coming. Grace has got one. Oh, this one's going. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, just come back from um, England on Wednesday with uh, daughter, son-in-law, and little child, and um, I had a period of couch surfing with my family. We're predominantly over there so my daughter could finish all her legal obligations of work and bring her home just really we only flew two, two days before she was allowed to finish. My story is lots of stuff went on over there and uh, wasn't so good and I just don't know how you could do stuff without God. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, lay, I would lay on the couch, I was couch surfing the last two weeks, and I would lay on the couch trying to get some sleep, and my stomach would just be acid. You guys, some of you guys would know what that's like. And I would try this and I'd try that to get peace. And each time the Spirit would say, Why don't you just thank me for 20 things, Grace? By the time I'd found 20 yeah. things to thank God for, I was at peace. Amen. So. Justin. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, it's not a test to me, but I just, as we were worshipping then, I just got, you know, we had to reach out and touch the hem mm -hmm. of his garment. And the key thing is, is that by faith we receive. Yeah. By faith we receive. And, um, yeah, I just remember that power flowing out mm -hmm. of Jesus and he whipped around who was there. Yeah. 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 Why don't we pause? I'll come to you, Daniel. And let's just take a moment to pray. And just allow yourself and your spirit to open up. Yeah, this might be new to you, just go along with it. If it's not, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just allow yourself to re reach out and let your friend Jesus come and minister to you right now. Let's do it. Just a few seconds. Father, we trust you with our life. All of it. What we understand and what we don't understand. We desire to freshly receive of your love and all that comes with it into our innermost being. And before I move on, I'd just like it to be great if most of us, we, we know someone who's we just care greatly about and we see some struggle. Why don't we pray for someone else right now that somehow they would Open up to God. Somehow God will get through to them. Your prayer, 30 seconds. Let's do it. Let's just pray for someone. Someone else who's heavy on our heart. Hmm. I don't mind hearing a murmur of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Father God. Father, just bless and reach out to each person whose name's been mentioned in prayer by someone in this room right now. Find up all the voices that, that are harassing them. Let their heart be still enough to hear your voice. 
by our faith that it would begin to lead them and change them from the inside out, even before they come to know you. We know, Father, you draw us. We didn't come to know you because we got good at it, but because you did something, and the same for them. Amen. Amen. Can I move on? Daniel here to share. So, yeah. oh, the mic for you. Here you go. Yeah, no, you just be here. And All right. Just talk. Yeah. So, um, this is like a short testimony of kind of how I met Jesus in my life. So, um, I was going through a tough time about eight or nine years ago. I got put in. I got arrested for doing something that I shouldn't have, and I know I was beyond my mental health experience, and I got put in a cell. And when I was going through that time, deciding what would happen for me. I somehow received a vision from God telling me, do you want to accept this life or what you're going through? Do you, don't, you know you're going to have to face consequences and stuff. And I just said to him, well, if you can show me the light and whatever steps I might take, no matter how hurtful they might have to bring me or, or hurting um, we'll have to go through, I just want to accept. And he said, follow me and I can show you the experience. Yeah. So when I went through that in life, when I went through the mental health unit and stuff, I... Talked to, um, I got to see a hospital chaplain at Wellington Hospital at Te Whare o Matarangi, and I talked to him about how, how I decided to follow Jesus, and he said, you've made one of the right decisions, my friend, and it's going to be a huge help in your life. And so I've been going to a church in Paiurua for quite some time at Kenipadu Hospital, and that's when I first got to acknowledge my faith and decide to where I wanted to go mm. in life. And so I know he's been a huge part of me mm. nonstop. And then... When I moved to Upper Heart, I made a new commitment and community out here, and I'm so blessed to be with everyone out here and to mm. have shared most of my stuff. And most of you all know me by now, which is good, and I'm very lovable, kind, caring guy, and I'm just so blessed to be here today sharing my testimony of how I got to know Jesus because I was non-religious in life, and I always kind of knew that something was out there and I decided to follow it. So that's where I am today. So yeah. I just want to thank Jesus and all of you for your great kindness and everything for that today. So I bless every one of you right now and I'm really happy that I've made the right decision in my life because yeah. it's actually changed me for the greater good and for me as a human being and being with God and all of you. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, do that. Give me a clap. Okay. Turn this one off now. Yeah. Well, it's me, Paul. So we're going to do a scripture reading in the moment, then we're going to talk about it. And, and most of you, or, or a number of you, will be getting into this uh, pattern. I, I went through a change in the last few years. And one of the things that happened in my life a few years ago, I lost my confidence in preaching. And I've been a preacher since 1981. I've uh, been leading churches pretty much since 1981. And, and uh, it's not the, and here I am about to preach, you know, and... So, so, but what I realized that God just showed is this is about knowing him, hearing from him, and living it out in community. That's what a disciple is. That's what following Jesus is about. That's where the power happens. And so what we're doing, uh, trying to do here is some things that actually, dis, not so much disempower preaching, but shift the context. So it's not this big, it's only this big. You get what I'm saying? There's some of you take a wider click. You know, so, so what we're doing is putting up the scripture. It goes out on Monday or Sunday uh, on our website that we want to preach from, giving some questions. We actually have a, uh, there's a little um, bookmark that Sarah put together with some things on the back, some questions to ask. Just simply, where's God in the scripture when I read it? Where do I see people there? What's he telling me to do? Who could I share that with? Not teaching questions, but questions that help us 
to open our lives so the Holy Spirit can teach us directly from Scripture. So by the time you come to hear what I've got to say, maybe you've already begun to hear what God's got to say, and he's the primary teacher. I do believe there's a, you know, I have a gift, I have a role to play in what God's doing within his church as a, a teacher, a preacher of the Word of God, but I don't stand over anybody. And uh, we'll keep looking, talking about that. Each person stands before God alone. The moment you come to know Jesus in your spirit, as Daniel was talking about, there's nothing between you and God. And I don't want to get there. So we come alongside to bring maturity, to bring experience, to bring gifts. But you've still got to get it between you and God. And when you know something God's spoken to you, even if you're a new, fairly new believer or a mature believer, you know when it comes and you get it, that's the thing you want to obey. That's what you want to put into practice. That's where your faith comes alive. And uh, so that's why we do some things like this. And I know this is my third week into doing this, so this is new for a lot of people in this room. And, and we just keep playing because it's only playing with the form to try and create space for more fruitfulness and effectiveness. So I'm just giving a wee context there. Uh, nothing's locked in concrete when it comes to how we do things. So we're going to have a look at read the scripture now. That's what we're going to do, isn't it, Sarah? And uh, then I get to share on it for a few minutes. So we do it all together, uh, and there's 12 verses here. Together, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. Paul said, just, 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 did you hear what he said? You who knew Christ severed yourselves from Christ by your actions. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Better move on quickly. Uh, we don't want to read too much. Yeah. So that's uh, Galatians 1, 1 to 12. We're going to focus on verse 1 this morning. Galatians 5, 1 to 12. Thank you. Galatians 5, 1 to 12. This is about three months in Galatians now, isn't it? Uh, so... Yeah, only, only, only a little while to go. Um, we're going to look at uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 15 
next week, I think it is, but we've got to focus in on another part of that text from my perspective. You know, the Holy Spirit can do a different job on you than he's doing with me from this scripture at this time. He's amazing. Teacher of inspiring. Yeah, every word of God is inspired. That means it's breathed, right? To inspire is to breathe into. So as I read the Bible... I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to breathe into my spirit as I read the inspired word of God. Jesus said, my word to you is breath and life. You don't first understand it. You first receive it, and then understanding comes as the Holy Spirit helps us to understand it. It's not a study book to analyze and try and figure out how to please God. It's the breath of God in written form. It's got story to it that helps us have context, which we are going to refer to in a moment. He's keeping something here. You may have already known that, uh, but I've been around too many Christians who, die, who, 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 who we often just, re, what do you call it, um, fall back into old patterns of treating it like a textbook, a roadmap for life, a guidebook. Take all those thoughts and just put them aside. So I know this is the breath of God to me and the revelation of Jesus to me and the story of who God is and how he works with men and people like me and you. Anyway, we're talking here mainly about uh, yep, verse 1. I really want to talk about this idea. For freedom Christ has set us free. So why again, he said, would you put on a yoke of slavery? Are you hearing something here? Something about yolks here. Later on, we read about leaven, which could be yeast. You know, I like the term yeast better than yolk, simply because yolk, yeast, yolk, yeast, both start with Y. And, you know, preachers like to <laughs> use words to start. So, ah, oh, ridiculous. Same thing. A little yeast, a little leaven works all through the dough. Put on the wrong yolk, it doesn't work. I want to talk about this freedom for a little bit. I'm just going to ramble on around it, see what you catch, okay? Uh, but I'm going to get a bit more specific before I finish. What is this freedom? Is it, is that up on the slide? Yeah, what is this freedom? I don't know about your Facebook feeds, but some people told me it had something to do with whether I'm allowed to wear a mask or not. No, whether I should wear a mask or not. If I read Galatians, in which this verse is, what would it tell me about this freedom? that he is talking about when he said, this is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Do not again submit. There's an action there. No one did it to you. You did it to a yoke of slavery. Well, Galatians chapter 3 and 4 give us the premise that flows right through the book of Galatians. So really that's the place we should go. And it says, talks about this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ which came to rescue us or free us from this present evil age. And, and a picture of that freedom would be maybe the nation of Israelites being led out of Egypt through a whole series of, uh, through a journey into a place of the promised land. That was a picture of coming into freedom. They were plucked out. They had to follow, they had to cooperate, but they didn't do much more than that. There was a grace of God that brought them into 
freedom. What does this freedom mean in our lives? Coming out of, he says, living this in this present evil age as if there's nothing else, to living in it with the truth of Jesus alive in us. You know, if you've come into the freedom of Christ, I hope you have, that Daniel talked about, that I've had, and others have had, you didn't do anything to get it. And if you didn't do anything to get it, and it came in Christ, how do you lose it? Who could take it away from you? You have to give it up. No one can take your freedom in Christ, this freedom. You have to give it up. So why would we do that? Well, because people come along and tell us to. Get all upset about the wrong things. Anyway, so if we're going to understand what it means, we first look at the whole book in which it's written, that immediate context, and we want to see what is this saying about freedom, and it's talking about this present evil age, and it's talking about how we relate to God and how we relate to one another. It's saying we have a freedom between us and God. There is nothing between us. Why would we put something there? And that freedom then means we can relate to one another without judgment. It has nothing to do in that verse, in that context, with governments. Governments are part of this present evil age. I've been plucked out of that world. I'm free from that. Why would I come back and submit to that and try and get them to change something to please me? I'm not under them. I have to be respectful of them, but I, I don't live under them. I live in Christ. Why would I go back and submit to them having a place over me to be able to control something to do with my personal sense of living free? Are you hearing something there? You know, we, we have to then look at Jesus. If we want to grasp what is this freedom, well, that's what I'm suggesting you do. First, look at it. Well, you can do it whatever order you want. Uh, look, how did we see this verse talking about freedom where it's written, but then we also want to ask, like, how did we see Jesus demonstrating freedom? Because surely he lived his freedom. It is for freedom I have set you free. It's my freedom that you've come into. It's Christ formed in us. That is our freedom. Because So that, therefore that means if you feel you've lost your freedom that Christ has given you, the way back means you sit with him again. And you say, Holy Spirit, where have I slipped away from Christ being formed in me to something else being formed in me? Because this freedom is, is about my faith in Christ being formed in me. And no person can take that away. I have to give it up. But I can go back and get it again. That's the good news there. And so we don't, how do we see Christ living freedom? How do we see him relating to people and relating to governments? And relating to authorities, and we start to learn how to respect authorities without submitting to them fully. That is, say respect means I'm going to stick a registration on my car, I'm going to get a warrant of fitness on it, I'm going to draw, get a license to drive, I'm going to respect the processes put in place to live in order in this nation. I like the fact that people don't have the freedom to come and take any of my stuff if they're stronger than me. 
And the only reason they don't is that we have a government and a rule of law. And if I want freedom from that, that's scary. Uh, so going back, I won't take too much more time on that. I don't want to go on. But you look at him and we see him demonstrating that freedom. I don't want to jump on and do something a bit different. I want to go back and read the verses again. And I'm, I'm going to ask for a volunteer, two volunteers. You don't have to say anything, but you do have to stand on stage with me and do a couple of things, just a couple of things, two volunteers. Anyone, please help me. Yep, Haynes, someone else. Come on, yep, Rosemary, that'll be great. So I, I need one of you to um, play the part of Jesus and one of you just to be someone else. So who wants to volunteer for that? You know, someone else. So, so here we are. You're going to play the part of Jesus. Right? So let's read this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. No, you don't have to read it with me. I'm just reading it out now. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to yoke to slavery. So, so let's, go, let's just put our arms around each other and just stand side by side. This is me and Jesus. We yoked together. And Jesus saying, here you have freedom. Come over here, Haynes. Therefore, do not submit. Now, I'm going to yoke to you now. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Now I'm yoked, not only to Jesus, but to another. Something other. Another one. Now, you go that way, and you go that way. You go off to that side, you go that side. Oh, <laughs> okay, stay here, stay here. Haven't finished with you guys. I want you, did you see it doesn't work? You know, God's not been hard on us when he says, don't yoke yourself to things that enslave you. It just doesn't work. It tears us apart. When we're trying to live faithful to Jesus and other things, it just tears us apart. It just doesn't work. Quickly read on, and then I need you guys when we get to the end, because we've got a couple of role modelings to do today. So why do I submit to a yoke to slavery? See, Haynes can be around my life. I just can't be yoked to him. I want to quickly read through. Look, I, Paul, not me, but the one who wrote Galatians, say to you that if you accept circumcision, and circumcision was a symbolic act like we did communion here in their time of submitting and owning that this law that God has given to Moses is going to save me. Why? That if you submit to this, Christ will be of no advantage to you. If I've got someone else pulling me this way, then Christ becomes of no advantage. The freedom in Christ becomes of no advantage to me. I'm torn apart. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You're in all the way, one way or the other. You are severed from Christ. You imagine that I'm either going to have to let go of Haynes or let go of Rosemary, and I'm definitely going to be severed when I've got this, pulling against this. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to hold on to things in your heart that aren't Jesus, this is what's going on. And it's tearing you, and it will sever you. And you're wondering, how come this Christian life doesn't work, and other people get this peace, and I don't? There's things in your heart that you're holding close that need to just get out of there. They can be in your life on the periphery, but you can't hold them with the degree of devotion and preciousness and ultimate thinking You know, you think that you do. Trust them to God. Let them go. Let them go. And they don't tell you who you are, those things. They don't, those thoughts, they don't. Only Jesus and his truth tells us who we are. Who are we up to? You're severed from Christ. Here we are. 
you would be justified by the law have fallen away from what you from grace just remember there's a responsibility that comes with receiving grace responsibility to stay yokes to jesus and severed from yokes to other things you're okay i still need you <laughs> for through the spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness and on for in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything it doesn't it doesn't matter you know what's going on between you and the outside when it comes to things of faith he says that's not quite a good statement the man who wrote this was circumcised and when he was around jews kept all the ways of the law but what he's saying is none of that saves me that's just the culture i'm part of None of that's God to me. It's just part of my life. I, I'm as dead to that, but I can still do it because when I'm around those people, that's what it is. Then he goes, but only faith working through love. The NIV says the only thing that counts is faith working through love. More about that next week. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And one of the things we begin to realize, if you haven't already, that the temptations that are the most destructive in us are those that hinder us from obeying the truth. That, that want us to believe lies rather than just Jesus. And uh, a little bit of color at the end here. For this persuasion is not from him who calls you. There was other people around. That's what he's talking about. Here's this man who's told the truth and some other religious leaders around saying, believe us, believe us, believe us. We've got the best message for you not him and so there was a us and them thing going on and and so he's saying these ones were trying to persuade you and a little leaven leavens the whole lump so Haynes is a big guy to be yoked to but actually he's saying but even if he's just a tiny little bit of leaven that I've yoked myself to same effect same effect it works right through my life it confuses me about who I am I'm trying to follow Jesus but I've also yoked myself to another thought Another idea of what truth is. It still works to destroy me from the inside out and has consequences in my life. Reading to the end. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will, will reap the penalty whoever he is, will bear the penalty whoever he is. But if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross the work of the cross has been removed. And his final line, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Man, there's some pretty strong language in there, isn't there, by this guy? I'm going to do uh, just a, a few things here quickly. Well, not quickly, but just to help explain this. So, so I'm going to start off here with Rose. We've got you back into action again, and you'll come in a moment, okay? So you can look at me now. So this is the faith life, Jesus and Paul. Nothing between us. Yoked together, living life face to face. Her voice, not Rosemary, Jesus' voice is the loudest voice in my life. Now, it's not always. Sometimes I have to pause and figure out how to tune into it, but it's the one my heart wants to hear. There's lots of voices going on. Some of them try to make out they are Jesus, by the way, but they, they don't hold when I, when I know Scripture and when I know what the Father, you know, 
but they do sometimes get away of it if I don't know much. Uh, and so this is the relationship I'm meant to have. Hands pop over here, jump in here, stand around. Okay, so what I've got now is I've got somebody between me and Jesus. And if we were reading Galatians from beginning to end, we would read, read at the end of chapter 1, where Paul said, I don't serve anyone but God. I got what I've got directly from God. Now, he knew Scripture inside out, okay? So he said, but I got it directly from God, even though I can see it in Scripture. And I know in my heart that it's his voice speaking to my heart. And I'm not doing this to serve any man. I mean, so when we get a person, someone, and, and sometimes we do this with Christian preachers and teachers, and we sometimes don't do them favors by making them too big in our own eyes. And we set them up for trouble that they should, wouldn't have if we didn't do that. But when I get someone else between me and Jesus, what he's saying here is, I am submitting to a yoke of slavery. I had a freedom, just me and Jesus. But now I've brought in someone else, and I think they're going to help me to know Jesus better. And I am submitting to a yoke of slavery. I mean, Haynes is okay over here as a friend, interacting Supporting, praying, they can be, but not here. Okay, thank you, Haynes. Done with you. I need you to stay. I I'm just going to quickly uh, do two more things here. So I'm just going to make a little circle. I want you to stand in the middle, rise me of these. Four will be enough. You get in the middle here, right in the middle. There you go, that'll do. This is your spot. So, so now what I've done is I've surrounded Jesus by laws and principles and things I have to do and things I have to believe and things I have to get right, you know. And we read that, eh? He says in, in Galatians here, you know, you, you've, you've come from being under the law, now in Christ you're over the law, but here I've still put the law all around Jesus and I've put myself under the law again. I had freedom, but now I've submitted again to slavery. Are you seeing this? It's like a slavery. It's, it's of that form. Because now I've got to do this to get to Jesus. I feel like I'm not free just to be there. Are you okay? You coping okay with this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All they could be, as he said in Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, principles. Why are you turning back to principles? You had Jesus. Now you're going back to principles. And so we surround. You know, we really do want to know Jesus, but we surround him with principles. We had a freedom, but now we're submitting to slavery. Okay. I need you one more, one more example here. Okay. So this, this is what's happening now eh, when, when we have this freedom and submit to slavery. I brought a mirror in. Now this is where we live. This is the spirit of our age now, or one of the predominant spirits in our age. Would you just stand sideways looking at me? Oh, I'm trying to find Jesus. Oh, I think I might be able to find Jesus. You know, and we do this. We spend all our time looking at ourselves, trying to walk with Jesus, and we become enslaved to ourselves, and this is probably the, this is so damaging, because I think I've somehow got to be true to my feelings and my whims and my fancies and my, you know, they're changing all the time. <laughs> How can you be true to something that changes all the time? And something in me has met Jesus. And something in me started off yoked to Jesus. But then somehow I got the idea that I could follow Jesus by looking at me. And that it works. You can go now. In Galatians 3.3, 3, 
He, he says, thank you, Rosemary. Yep. Galatians 3.3, 3, he says, why did you guys, after beginning with the Holy Spirit, nothing between you and Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit alive in you, there are supernatural things happening to make this relationship go. Why did you begin to think you could carry on by relying on yourself? Why did you put up that mirror and start looking at how good you thought you were doing or how bad you were doing or whatever? It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. But there were many voices around us trying to woo us to again take on a yoke of slavery. Some of them are blatant. Some of them are very, very subtle. Some of them are directly from people. And some of them are the devil twisting things with people. And the discernment we're looking for is just to keep seeing Jesus. Just to keep seeing Jesus. And to keep knowing the freedom we have. If I've received freedom by the work of the cross that we remembered at communion, that rescued me, what did he say? You've rescued from this present evil age, but you're also rescued from yourself. For I'm crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I live here in my body on this earth, and right now today, whatever I do, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me, Galatians 2.20. And then we just got to add in 2.21. So I do not set aside the grace of God. Remember what he said? You've fallen from the grace of God. You set it aside. You had grace. Because you thought something else could help you. You became a slave again. You set aside. You fell from the grace of God. There's always a way back. It's the same way we started. Back to the cross. Back to Jesus. Back to the crucified life. Just, just, just I've got to say this. I've been around too many Christians. Not you guys. You know, I'm new here. So this is other places I've been. I've heard people claiming their freedom. How can you claim what you've got? Is there somehow me trying to, you know, I'm going to pull this freedom into my life. You've already got it. If you're in Christ, it came with Jesus. Now you can testify of it. You can remind yourself of it. But claiming makes no difference at all. I want to claim Jesus. And a whole lot of stuff comes with him. Which I start to get to know and testify of and remind myself of. And sometimes it's good to have other people help me to do that. In songs, in church services. But I don't get to, doesn't claiming makes no difference at all. From my view. You might have another perspective. That's good. Between you and God, not between you and me. Uh, yeah. And, and I found some people telling, you can't take my freedom. Of course they can't. I'm just helping you to grow up a little bit if you've been around that. 
Of course they can't take it. No one can take it. But you can submit. In fact, when you start doing that, you're starting to submit to a yoke of slavery. The very, you know, that thought that snuck into your head, ooh, someone could take my freedom. Yeah, that's not from Jesus. You won't find it in Scripture. You won't find the Holy Spirit telling you that. He'll become nice. You're free. Yeah, but they're trying to take it. That's okay. You've still got it. Just ignore them. They can't do it. The only way they can take it is if you give it to them. And uh, some of you watched some stuff that went on uh, in New Zealand last year. A whole lot of Christians gave away some freedom. And they got a whole lot of anxiety that they didn't need to have. And somehow they acted like it was godly. But the Bible says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me, Jesus said. So if I'm troubled over something of my nation, and it's got into my heart, it just tells me right now, I am not trusting God with this situation. I think I've got to fix it or God won't be happy with me. You know what that is? It is something between me and Jesus. Anyway, I'm finishing there. I'm finishing there. It's not too much more to say. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free today. Every one of us. And when we come to Jesus, we come into his freedom. Now, I know by experience that I feel more free now than I used to. I've almost got back to that place when I first believed, when I just felt 100% free and pure and clean. So it's taken a few years because I got caught up in some thinking and didn't realize I got caught up in just the normal church thinking. That it's really, really important how many people are sitting on seats. Well, it's important how many people know Jesus. It's important how many people are learning to listen to God in their hearts and put it into practice in their lives. How many people sit in on seats in a particular room or not? doesn't always tell me that. So if that's what's happening, if those two are lying, then it's important, but it, if they're not, it's not. Anyway, yeah, freedom. Just let it happen. We're going to take the last 15 minutes of this time together, maybe 10, do something that might be quite different for you here. Uh, it's probably not different, completely different for stuff you've been involved in. Oh, I'm dealing with, if you're a brand new Christian here and never experienced this before, I'm speaking as if you have, so take that on board uh, and just find your way and feel comfortable to ask. I'm going to ask you to break into groups of, you know, three or four or five. Don't go any bigger. Uh, four is better. And just take a moment. And maybe share together something God's doing in you from this time together this morning or recently. And pray for each other. If you're not comfortable with that, just sit quietly. Don't share if you don't want to. Don't share more than you feel comfortable sharing. And don't pray for as you don't want to pray. But you know, have a go at participating at the level you feel you can. If you're a visitor here today, we just welcome you to join in as if you're family. Um, I, I grew up, my wife here, Grace and I, often had extended family around as our family grew. But when they were younger, we often had friends of the family around. And it was not unusual for us to have visitors at the dinner table because our kids brought friends home and they said, can they stay for dinner? And the answer was always, yes, if it's okay with their parents. Uh, and you just act like family. And one of the things we always did was hold hands to pray a prayer 
And uh, when my oldest daughter was about 16, 17, 18, and she was always bringing friends home, and she left home quite young and would come back home for dinner and bring friends home. I remember saying, once, do you want us to not do that? Because I'm thinking about, I don't want, you know, it's only a form thing. I'm thinking about whether she, she said, oh, no, no, I want you here to do what we do. I want my friends to see my family as they are. So, so it's a little bit like that if you're a visitor here, you know, just fit in as you're comfortable. We are, this is new for probably everyone. So we're going to get into groups of about four, maybe five, maybe three. Look around, grab someone, make a group, be quite quick, and just take a moment and say, here's how God's been speaking to me during this time. Or, I just had this thought. Or, I think it could be this. You know, you may not be clear, but have a go. Share with one another. Pray with one another. Ten minutes. Is that good? And after a few minutes, about then, I'll pop up and just give a sort of a, uh, closing prayer and wind up and, and then you can carry on. If you feel like you're really in the middle of something, carry on. We won't, you know, mind if you're taking as long. If you don't want to, move on out, have a cup of tea. I'm going to pray. We're going to move. Okay, Sarah's ready to go. You're ready to go. That's good. Then, Father God, help us to get this freedom into our spirits. Your freedom. Help us to see it's not something other people are doing around us. It's what you've done in us, that we live with it. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our spirit, our soul, our mind, that we live as those who have freedom and not allowing anything to come between us and you, that we become again enslaved to things that we see and touch and feel and people and other stuff. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work. Continue to work in us, forming Christ in us, forming his freedom in us, forming his love in us, forming his hope in us, his faith in us, all these great things. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's do it. Move into some groups. And, and uh, those of you who are bold and leaders, get up and lead. Those of you who are quiet and just follow, let, let them lead you. Yeah, keep them small. Grab a few people there, Haynes. Keep going for it. Yeah. Oh, 
Don't forget to pray for each other. Don't forget to pray for each other. Come on, before you finish here. Yeah. Sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah.